her to Luna when she was eight, and she had felt the full force of the enormous age of the place. It had occupied her dreams and overwhelmed her waking hours. It had driven a sense of her own transience into her soul. Live while you can, indulge your passions, make it count. The ancient storm stirred again while she looked into the frozen emotions of the ice creature and recognized them. Richard Wald folded his arms and pressed them against his sweater, as if inside his energy envelope he was cold. He was tall, and embodied the kind of self-conscious dignity one finds in those who have achieved a degree of fame and never quite come to terms with it. Despite his sixty years, Richard was a man of remarkable vitality and exuberance. He was known to like a good drink and a good party, and he loved the company of women— He was careful, however, to maintain a purely professional demeanor with Hutchins, his pilot. There was something of the Old Testament prophet in his appearance. He had a thick silver mane and mustache, high cheekbones, and a preemptive blue gaze. But the stern appearance was a facade. He was, in Hutchins' amused view, a pussycat. He had been here before. This was, in a sense, where he had been born. This was the first monument— the unlikely pseudo-contact that had alerted the human race two hundred years ago to the fact that they were not alone. Explorers had found thirteen others of varying design among the stars. Richard believed there were several thousand more. The great monuments were his overriding passion. Their images decorated the walls of his home in Maine. A cloudy pyramid orbiting a rocky world off blue-white Sirius. A black cluster of crystal spheres and cones mounted in a snowfield near the south pole of lifeless Armus V. A transparent wedge orbiting Arcturus. Hutchins' throat mic was a cunningly executed reproduction of the Arcturian wedge. Most spectacular among the relics was an object that resembled a circular pavilion, complete with columns and steps, cut from the side of a mountain on a misshapen asteroid in the Procyon system. It looked, Richard had told her, as if it were awaiting the arrival of the orchestra. Hutchins had only seen the pictures, had not yet visited these magic places, but she was going. She would stand one day in their presence, and she would feel the hand of their creators as she did here. It would have been difficult to do on her own. There were many pilots and few missions. But Richard had recognized a kindred spirit. He wanted her to see the monuments, because in her reactions... He could relive his own. Besides, she was damned good. Of all the artifacts, only the Iapetus figure could be interpreted as a self-portrait. The wings were half-folded. The creature's taloned hands, each with six digits, reached toward Saturn. Clearly female, it looked past Richard, arms open, legs braced, weight slightly forward. It was almost erotic. Its blind eyes stared across the plain. It was set on a block of ice about a third of its own height. Three lines of sharp white symbols were stenciled within the ice. To Hutchins' mind, the script possessed an Arabic delicacy and elegance. It was characterized by loops and crescents and curves. And as the sun moved across the sky, the symbols embraced the light and came alive. No one knew what the inscription meant. The base was half again as wide as Hutchins with arms outspread. The creature itself was three and a half meters high. That it was a self-portrait was known, because the Steinitz expedition had found on the plain prints that matched the creature's feet. The ramp was designed to allow visitors to get close enough to touch the artifact without disturbing anything. Richard stood thoughtfully before it. 
He pressed his fingertips against the base, nodded, and unhooked a lamp from his belt. He switched it on and played it across the inscription. The symbols brightened, lengthened, shifted. Nice effect, Hutchins said. Each of the monuments had an inscription, but no two seemed to be derived from the same writing system. Theory held that the objects were indeed monuments, but that they had been constructed during different epochs. Hutchins stared into its blind eyes. Kilroy was here, she said. She knew that all the monuments were believed to date to a 5,000-year period ending roughly at 19,000 B.C. This was thought to be one of the earlier figures. I wonder why they stopped, she said. Richard looked up at the stars. Who knows? Five thousand years is a long time. Maybe they got bored. He came over and stood by her.